Welcome in. Welcome inside the Basement Doctor Studios, Lima Sports Radio, 93-1 to fan. I'm Garrett C. Wright. All by my lonesome here at the start of today's show. John will be here momentarily. Appreciate you making us a part of your day, however it is, wherever it is you're doing so, whether it's on the radio at 93-1-to-fan.com, on the free 93-1-to-fan app, or by asking your smart speaker to play 93-1-to-fan. All guests today appear via the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline, and you can as well, 227-9393. 1-888-894-3776. That's 888-894-ESPN. You can also tweet the show at 931thefan on Twitter. And uh, back with you today after being off yesterday. Uh, the, the, the Guardians were supposed to be on from one thirty-five to 6 o'clock or so. And at about one twenty-five, I get an email. And a text message from Jim Rosenhouse that says, hey, we, in all caps, no game today. Game today has been postponed. More f- information coming. No game today. And immediately after doing this for two years, I knew exactly what that meant. All caps, no game today. Game postponed. No game today. No broadcast. More information later meant that there was only really one thing that could have possibly transpired. Because I I had watched the news earlier in the day that Terry Francona had tested positive for COVID-19. And five minutes before, uh, you know, TV was supposed to start, ten minutes before radio was supposed to start, the game was postponed. That only meant that there were several more members of the Cleveland Guardians organization, whether they're coaches, trainers, players, whatever the case may be have tested positive for COVID-19. And I I saw the sheer amount, the volume of tweets and Facebook comments, reactions, etc. of it's 2022, we're over this, this is ridiculous, this is stupid, why are we postponing games, etc. And I get it. I am with you. I have the, the fatigue. I thought we were over this. And yet, The reason that game has to be postponed yesterday is when you're still finding out moments before you're about to take the field who is and isn't positive, you you can't really you can't really play, right? And I get that it's outside. I get that members of the Guardians aren't probably going to be close enough to infect anybody from the White Sox or the Umpires or anything like that, but if you play that game and you've got three or four players who find out they're positive today and they played yesterday and then the umpire an umpire catches it or two guys on the White Sox catch it then when the White Sox go on to their next series it takes a few days for them to test positive who knows who they've spread it to who knows who the umpires have spread it to then you've got gigantic problems inside your league and you just can't have it And I know that it sucks. I know that we are more than two years into this and nobody wants to postpone games or reschedule games because of the Rona. I understand it. If there is a sport that is built for makeups, it is baseball. As you have seen already this season. I think the Indians have, damn it, Guardians have been rained out, I think, five times. 
they were already scheduled to play more doubleheaders this year because the start of the season got pushed back by um, nine days or whatever. Baseball, more than any other sport, is easier to reschedule games, especially in a division contest. They were going to play the White Sox that they're going to play, what, 15 more times this season? They've got ample opportunity to reschedule that game. And I know that nobody wants to hear, hey, better safe than sorry. But realistically, I think that kind of the, the best course of action. You, it, it wasn't like you can get guys up from Columbus to Chicago by the time you found out that you had positive cases. Originally, it was, hey, Terry Francona has tested positive for COVID-19. Tomorrow, Hale will manage the Indian Guardians today and for as long, however long Terry Francona's out. Then by the time the game was canceled, it came out that, oh, by the way, DeMarlo Hale had also tested positive. Now, should they just let Jose Ramirez be the player manager? Yes, 100%. That would make for a much more interesting, exciting afternoon at the ballpark or afternoons at the ballpark, I guess. I, I, nobody knows how long Terry Francona is going to be out. And, and I think you sort of just gloss over the fact, and John and I talked about this a few weeks ago when, uh, Rocco Baldelli tested positive, the manager of the Twins. It's like the ninth biggest story on ESPN.com that day. Yeah. Which one? That's a nice place to be. A year ago, Rocco Baldelli testing positive for COVID would have been a, a, a big deal. And now it's not, thankfully, luckily. I think Terry Francona contracting COVID-19 is somewhat of a big deal because of the health problems, because of the heart problems he's had over the course of the last 18 months, two years, however long you'd like to put on, he's had a, a little rougher health a little rougher health um, situation. And then you throw on top that he's got COVID-19. I think you just gloss over that when it could potentially be a big deal. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully he's fine. That would be great. would be lovely. Because I think Terry Francona's a lovely man. I think he's a fantastic umpire not umpire I think he's a fantastic manager I think he is one of if not the best of the top five managers in baseball but I understand the anger frustration I'm not sure what other words fit in that category of people who just wanted to watch baseball yesterday afternoon get it 100%. But I don't think when you're still finding out five or ten minutes before game time who whether whether anybody else in your club or roster or traveling party or whoever has got it, I don't think you can go out and just trot your team out there and play as if nothing's Nothing's wrong or nothing's a possibility. I know nobody wants to hear air on the side of caution. But it, it did make a lot of sense, at least to me, in that scenario of, all right. But I knew right away. I get the all-caps text. No game today. There will be no broadcast. Game has been postponed. No game today. Just exactly what that meant. 
and hopefully we're very, very, very close to that being the last one. It's the first one of the 2022 season that has been shaped or altered by COVID-19 in any way, shape, or form. And hopefully it's the only one. Hopefully it's the last one. Hopefully it's, I'm 85 years old someday telling my grandkids who probably won't exist. Mike and Mike, hey, we had to cancel the game 10 minutes before the game started because Terry Francona got the Rona. And they'll say, okay, Grandpa. Ah, your kids don't believe me. But hopefully that's the last time. In 2022, we were still doing it. But I don't want to do that anymore. And I imagine you don't either. Going to step aside for the first time. Don Jenkins, Jewelry Timeout. We've got a couple of poll questions up at 931 the fan on Twitter. Want your thoughts, feelings, reactions to some of the news of the day and some of the news of the night. And we'll get to that when we return. It's Cookie and a Monster. Garrett all by his lonesome here to start on Lima Sports Radio, 931 The Fan. Back inside the Basement Doctor Studios, Lima Sports Radio, 931 The Fan. I'm Garrett C. Wright. John Cook will be here momentarily. As it's another edition of Cookie and a Monster. We got a couple of poll questions up at 931 The Fan on Twitter that we want your thoughts, your feelings. Your reactions and your ballots. And our Twitter poll questions are brought to you by Vons Diamonds and Jewelry, where Lima celebrates love online at VonsJewelry.com. The NFL schedule is going to be released tonight, 8 o'clock, here on Lima Sports Radio, 93 won the fans. Certainly looking forward to that. And our first poll question is, do you care at all about the schedule release tonight? 57%, 58% actually just went up. 58% say no. They don't care about the schedule. Now, now I said at all. You don't care about the schedule release at all? That means you're not going to tune on, turn on NFL Network tonight. You're not going to have on 93.1 on a fan and listen to the schedule release show. You're not going to look at the notification that when it pops up on your phone that the Browns are going to play the Carolina Panthers in week one. That means none of that. I, I don't buy the 58% are completely out. Don't buy it. Now, you might not really care. You might not have spent your day scrolling through tweets of NFL schedule release leaks looking to see who's going to play who when. I believe that. But you don't care about the 17 opponents that the Browns are going to play, Bengals are going to play, Steelers are going to play, Cowboys. Packers, come on now. Come on. Can't lie to me. 57% say no. I think 57% are liars. We're also asking, which day would you rather your favorite NFL team play this year? Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day? Going to be Christmas Day triple header, Thanksgiving Day triple header. So Christmas Day is on a Sunday this year. They're going to put everything except for three games on Saturday, Christmas Eve. And then there'll be a triple header on Sunday. 75% say they would rather have their favorite team play on Thanksgiving Day. And see, I, I'm, I, I'm Christmas Day on this one. I'm Team Christmas Day. One, Christmas Day is on a Sunday this year. So you're playing a normal week. You don't have a short turnaround. You're not you know playing on Sunday and then having to get right back. You're... You're not having that Thursday night football turnaround that you usually that you would have on Thanksgiving Day. 
And then on the flip side, like, I, I don't do a lot on either holiday anymore. But back in the day, of the busier days of between Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day, my Thanksgiving Day was always much busier than my Christmas Day. Christmas Day, I don't do nothing. Nothing. My wife and I go to our in- my in-laws. We sit around for a while. And then after about an hour and a half, I start the text messages of, hey, can we go? Can we go? Can we go home now? Now it's Christmas. Please. Can we go home now? Now. And then eventually it's like, hey, what's for dinner? Like, Bro, it, we had a huge lunch. No, like you had a huge lunch. I didn't have a huge lunch. But I, I don't do anything on Christmas Day. Thanksgiving Day, it used to be like, all right, we got to go to this family gathering for lunch, then this family gathering for dinner. Uh, got to get, get our stuff around to go shopping in the morning or tonight or blah, blah, blah. Christmas Day, what else you do? Now, I realize I'm childless, so the idea of I don't have to worry about you know, putting batteries and stuff or get, give me the screwdriver and we're going to put all this junk together just for you to not play with it really ever again outside of these first 10 minutes right now. I don't have to deal with that. But, one, Christmas Day is on a Sunday, so you got a normal NFL week. But then, two, I'm not doing anything on Christmas Day, so... That's why I'm Team Christmas Day on this one, and maybe it's just you know there's there's going to be some competition from the NBA on Christmas Day, on Thanksgiving Day. It's just you know Bills, Lions, uh, Giants, Cowboys, and then was it Patriots, Ravens. Maybe was the yeah. I mean, it's just it's the only thing going on on Thanksgiving Day. So I get that. I'm not doing anything on Christmas Day. Uh, we got poll questions up at 931 the fan on Twitter that we want your thoughts, feelings, reactions on until 545. It's brought to you by Vons Diamonds and Jewelry, where Lima celebrates love online at VonsJewelry.com. We're also asking if you have a full beard, do you have a mustache? The San Francisco Giants are, are just a horse around are doing Mustache May, where their players are growing mustaches. they got a couple of guys with full beards who say they're not participating. Their manager, Gabe Kapler, says you are absolutely 100% participating in Mustache May if you've got a full beard, because a full beard includes a mustache. And 71% of you say yes. If you have a full beard, you have a mustache. So thank you, the 71% of you, for being correct. The 28.6% of you who say no, you don't have a mustache if you've got a full beard. Please re-examine your life choices, your decisions, because if you have a full beard, literally full, full beard implies mustachio. I'm not sure where the hang-up is for 28% of you, but if you have a full beard, you absolutely, 100%, have a mustache. There are some hills I'm willing to deny on, and I've uh, newly found out today that that is one of them. Also, a hot dog's a sandwich. Moving on, final Twitter poll question up at 93 on the fan on Twitter. Should the winner of the Kentucky Derby always run in the Preakness? Rich Strike today, it was announced, not by Rich Strike, believe it or not. It was announced Rich Strike will not run in the Preakness. They're going to move him on to the Belmont, where if he wins, they'll spend the rest of their lives wondering what might have been. But we're asking, should the winner of the Kentucky Derby always run in the Preakness? 77% of you say yes. I think I'm in agreement with you too, but I could be swayed. 77% say, yep, sign 
the Kentucky Derby winner up for the Preakness every single time. Those are our poll questions up at 931thefan on Twitter. Brought to you by Vons Diamonds and Jewelry, where Lima celebrates love online at VonsJewelry.com. Going to take another Don Jenkins Jewelry timeout. When we come back, the NFL schedule release is tonight. Some nuggets have already started to leak out. We'll go over those and we'll examine whether this is really even a thing. Who, who turned the schedule release into a thing? We'll dissect it next. We've got Sports Center first on Cookie and a Monster here on Lima Sports Radio 93 1 The Fan. So we're back here inside the basement doctor studio and somebody showed up. So, uh, hey, look, this this is for me. So if you are a person who actually enjoys the fact that I, from time to time here recently, have had to miss shows or show up late, then this apology isn't for you. It's because I have grown up in such a way that now that I'm 50 years old, I'm still so riddled with guilt over any feeling that I might have done something wrong that I just have to continually and perpetually apologize, even though it doesn't stop me from continuing to do things wrong. I still need to apologize. So... Life happens, and, and, and Claire back in, I don't know, whenever it was, June or July or whenever it was that I began talking to, to Phil and other people about this, I said, my only concern is there are going to be sometimes some days during the school year when I can't control the natives. Like, it's going to get restless on the reservation, and I don't know what that might do to the end of my day. And in 12, almost 13 full years where I work, I probably could count certainly on two hands the number of times that I've had instances of student behavior or something that occurs that requires me to be at the building past the end of the day. Most of the time that involves local law enforcement and things I'd rather not get involved in. That wasn't the case today. However, it was the case that I just couldn't get away from the building. There was no possible way that I was going to get away from the building at my normal time. And as my normal time was, oh, I don't know, two hours off in the distance, and I had a pretty good feeling that that might not be possible, I thought I'd go ahead and communicate said issue. And honestly, in hopes that by doing that, I might actually reverse jinx myself. <laughs> if you speak it into existence, I ain't going to be there on time. Somebody might go, you know what, John, why don't you go ahead and get out of here? Well, like I, you know, so because I, I even told our, our, our school resource officer, I even told him, he's like, hey, you look like you're tied up. Do you need me to handle the student parking lot at the end of the school day? And I said, yep, I do. So I finished off suspensions 51, 52, and 53 of the current school year. And at I normally am in the parking lot at 225. At 227, the last piece of paper was handed to somebody. The last phone call was made. And I looked at the clock and I thought, grab the old walkie-talkie radio and run to the parking lot. I can cover this. SRO is going to think I've outdone myself. At which point I realized, oh yeah, the other person that normally helps isn't here at all. So I'm going to be dismissing every student from the parking lot. Normally I dismiss about half to a third, and they let me leave to get out ahead of the, the big rush. Nope. And then I remembered as I was getting in my car to leave the parking lot, oh, the person who also helps in the parking lot supervises our, our quote-unquote detention, our extended school day period. She had to leave. She's not here. And there are three that have to be supervised, and they, they sit in a room right next to my new office. So they were supposed to be there for an hour, and I walked up into my office, pushed that door open, and said, Gentlemen, you're leaving at 3.15 today. I don't care if you're supposed to be here for an hour. You're leaving at 3.15. So they appreciate it. So did I. But then in leaving at 3.15, I realized the traffic that I normally miss when I'm you know, almost here by 3.15, I picked up on. So I'm late, and I'm really, really sorry. I missed a really good open to the show. I listened to nearly all of it, although I didn't take one phone call. So, so now uh, the, the Guardians have put out the following members of the coaching staff are in health and safety protocols. 
manager Terry Francona, bench coach DeMarlo Hale, hitting coach Chris Valleca, assistant pitching coach Joe Torres, first base coach Sandy Alomar, third base coach Mike Sarball, hitting analyst Justin Toole, pitching coach Carl Willis, who is the only member of the coaching staff, will manage the Indian Guardians in Minnesota over the weekend. By him, by his lonesome, I he'll be a very lonely soul. Apparently. You suppose he could talk. Where, where are they at there in Minnesota? Minnesota. Hey, could you guys shoot me a couple of coaches over here just to bounce some ideas off right. of Right. <laughs> just, just so I got somebody to talk to while they're in the field. Just... Your bench coach could be my bench coach for the day, right? That won't uh, hurt. Yeah, like, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, where, are you, where are you pulling dudes out of the – who are you calling? What, what's, the, what's the line from the – is it the – the internship you ever see that movie uh, i've not oh lord you've got to get going like you got assignments central intelligence and the internship, and the internship. this week i need mean, to get done i mean I, we could go through the list of movies that i haven't seen that i probably should um, well my wife would tell you the internship isn't any good but she's got like an internal bias to owen wilson and something about his appearance that drives her nuts well, his, his, watch his the, nose is his nose up. is the thing and, and he just in every movie no matter what he goes wow wow <laughs> That he does. That he does. <laughs> he can sit down and be like, "How was your day? Mine was good. How was yours? Oh, terrible! Wow! Wow!" Well, anyway, he's good. And as we sit here and laugh about this current circumstance in which the Guardians find themselves, I'm reminded of a line from that movie when they're talking to a salesman and he laughs and he says, "It's they." They he tells a story about his 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 mother, maybe I don't know, and says, "Oh." It's good to laugh about Alzheimer's. Well, it's also probably not so good to laugh about the Rona, but here we go. Oh, that's true. Uh, there's a movie called Waiting. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Waiting. Fantastic movie, but there's a... Oh, it's, All right, so now I have one I need to see. It's fantastic. Ryan Reynolds. Well, that, um, that's a good start, for but, sure. Like pre-famous Ryan Reynolds. Um, oh, that was like two guys, a girl, in a pizza place. A, a little bit. <laughs> uh, there's a, a, It's about a restaurant, and an old man comes in, and uh, he, he asks... Uh, Ryan Reynolds' character says, you know, how's it going? And he's like, well, it's a mixed bag. And he's like, how so? Like, Well, you know, um, I look old enough that I can, I can, you know, look off into space and give small children the finger and people think I'm senile. He's like, well, what's the bad part? Sometimes I look off into space and give small children the finger. <laughs> and, he said, and Ryan Reynolds' character says, I like you. And, he says, and the guy says, I like you too. And then he says, I th- thank you. And he goes, I like you. I like you too. <laughs> What's the bad part? Sometimes I give small children the finger. Oh dear. Okay. So we're going to talk NFL schedule release, right? I heard your question as you went to the break. Yeah. Who decided it's a deal? I think that's a very fair question. I think the NFL talked everybody into thinking that the schedule release is a big deal. Like I think NFL and the like. I hate to be like the media did. I think the media did. Like they got to have something to talk about because. There are dudes who have made their living on talking about the NFL, not being like just sports reporters in general, being NFL reporters. So, by God, it's May 12th. What in the world are we going to talk about? Oh, let's turn the schedule release into a big deal. I don't know that it is. But by God, there's a primetime special tonight. I'm going to put it on our radio station from 8 to midnight tonight. I'm going to run the damn thing twice today because (laughs) what else is going on? What do you want to know? Okay. Well, the NFL schedule release is coming out. In no other sport is this a thing. That, although some others are trying. Trying. And here, here's my take, and this is a very quickly composed take as I sat in this chair, and actually as I walked across Main Street and up the sidewalk after hearing the way you went to the break, which was very well done, as I said. There are three things that immediately jump to mind. One is, under the 
use air quotes if you like, leadership of Roger Goodell. There are a lot of things that have gone very, very sour and very yeah. poorly with the NFL. But I do believe that Roger Goodell has done maybe not Adam Silver good. If you're an NBA fan, you know what I'm talking about. But done very, very well at continuing to not only grow but ridiculously well grow the brand of the NFL when it looked like there might not be any room for growth. So on some level, it's possible Roger Goodell deserves some credit for the idea of another way to expand our market share and another way to, to market ourselves, period, is to do this. The other thing is, and it's tied to this, is that if you are the NFL and you're looking around saying, okay, we've kind of got the run of the joint. We are the sports monster on the planet, and most everybody, you know, is just tiny in comparison to us. However, around us, there are some things that get a lot of attention, and we aren't really benefiting from that. And I'm, what I'm using for example is, and you know how much big of a fan I am of preseason polls in college football, but they generate crazy buzz. Yeah. And I think maybe Goodell looked and said, we don't do polls, but we got a schedule. <laughs> Maybe we can create the buzz. And I think that that's possible. That th- those two things are connected, but they're, they're somewhat separate. But I think, I think they're a little bit connected. The third thing that comes to mind for me, Garrett, is this. That the NFL is in bed with multiple networks and making gazillions as... Is it Forrest Gump would say a gazillionaire? Yeah. Gazillions and gazillions of dollars. It's possible somebody at one of those networks, like, oh, say, the Worldwide Leader in Sports, would say, look, we're paying a whole lot of money to you. What can you do to give us more content out of season that might make our margin not quite so large between what we actually cover and what we're paying for what we cover? Am I, I, am I not? I mean, are these no, three things completely off base? No, I, I, I think I, I understand the thought process of Roger Goodell saying, hey, you remember how we just used to fax the media <laughs> our schedule? <laughs> what do we get out of that? Nothing? Okay, well then let's build this into something. I understand that. But the idea of for the last not quite month they've slowly trickled games out to still like they've done a master class in being relevant at all times at all times yes master class nothing in a doctoral class in a season that stretches from september to early january to, to i guess february now they've done a master class of being relevant in march in april in may and it won't be that long until the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies are we're going to be talking about those in the Hall of Fame game is the first week of August. They've they've done a fantastic job at it, but at the same time, for the NBA playoffs to be going on, the NHL playoffs going on, the NFL schedule release coming out tonight is the the biggest story in sports. And I don't know that that necessarily reflects the audience's view on the hierarchy of those three things. Maybe it does. Maybe I'm maybe I'm off base. I just don't know that the importance that has been put on it by 
the NFL, and I, I guess not even so much the NFL as the teams and the entities that cover the NFL, the emphasis has been put on it. I don't know that it's th- that big. Like, I know the appetite for football and football-related content exists, but this idea that they're going to turn the schedule release into a prime-time special and we're going to leak stuff out here and there to just give people just a little nibble so they'll tune in on Thursday, May 12th at 8 p.m. on NFL Network and 93 on the fan. I, I just don't know that those, those two things are the same thing. I, I would agree with you there, but I would say that on some level, I feel like at least an element of this whole entire phenomenon that you talk about, the, the schedule release, how it becomes a thing, at, at some level and at some point fairly early on, it's it's an idea that somebody says, let's throw it out on the stoop and see if the cat licks it up. Fair. And the cat licked it up. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why. The cat licked it up, but the cat did, and did over and over and over. And, and so now, I, I don't know that I know anyone who would say, hey, they didn't do it this year. If we went a year without the schedule release, I don't know that anybody would say, boy, I really missed that. Right. But but it, why would you? It, it's just, you know, there's no reason to not do it now. Yeah. There isn't a reason to not do it. And, and, and when it comes to the NFL, I think largely more than anything else, you need a reason not to do something or you're going to do it. Well, it's just another thing that we can attach a sponsor to. That, hey, it's the NFL's 2022 NFL schedule release brought to you by. I have no idea who the sponsor is, but it's just. An I, I don't have any idea either. I'm I'm a little surprised it's only an NFL Network thing. I I I. I, I mean that's by design. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. There's but is some there is there a, is there a, is there a point at some at, at some point in the near future? Is there is there come a time when some other network or other networks say we want a chance to bid on that too? I wouldn't be surprised if at some point it became a. Hey, the NFL Network will produce it if you would like to air it on Fox Sports One, ESPN, USA Network. Or like, I don't think. I mean, to be honest with you, the way the draft is these days, I think ESPN has to look back after the draft and say, you know what, we got our bellies good and full. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll see you a little later. I, uh, the, the Monday, I think after the draft, I, I on here it said like, hey, at some point, can't that be about football again? <laughs> like. You know, I like that point of view. Some somebody, you know, this defensive end, his mom walked from uh, Djibouti to the Ivory Coast to get on a ship so they could come to America. Like, come on, like, does he play football good? Like, I, and I understand if there's like an ABC version, like they, they did the NFL draft on ABC. Like, if you want to do like a Good Morning America version of the NFL draft on ABC, that's fine. Can ESPN and NFL Network be about football? Because I understand the whole like human interest story and the Olympification of the NFL draft, where everybody's got to have you know, holy cow, that kid's aunt's dog had cancer when he was six years old, and it really affected him. Right? Can he tackle anybody or not? Well, and again, not to overstate the obvious, and if this makes you say, "Well, that's brilliant, Einstein, great call," the NFL has created for itself a much greater identity as an entertainment and a marketing monster than it has as a sporting monster like it's got the highest level of of female fans that according to the nfl's research 45 percent of their fans are female okay i'm calling i that's how i feel about it on that one but we'll see 
Maybe, and by maybe the way, while we're, we're on the topic of marketing, remind me that tomorrow I need to show you something that I th- I found in my desk drawer that I've had in my desk drawer for nearly 18 years oh boy. that I think is the single greatest marketing feat that's never been publicized in the history of the world. And whoever's idea it was should have been allowed to retire off of this one idea. And we cannot talk about it on the air. <laughs> I look forward to that. I look forward yes, to that. Yes, I, I, will, I will bring it to the, to the station tomorrow. And and you and I will laugh so hard that we might not be able to stop when the show starts. <laughs> so do it right, right as we're coming back from commercial break right, yes, is what I hear. Yes, right as Sports Center is wrapping up and yeah. they are sending it to us to top of the show. All right, we can get on board with that. You will definitely be there. So are you going to, I mean, you're not going to listen to our coverage of it tonight, probably. You're gonna no, I'm going to sit my ass on the couch and watch it, like, watch an, it? like an idiot. Yes. Oh, here's a question I have, though. Do you think it is that there's any part of it that actually maybe drives ticket sales? I, I, probably. If you find out, not you. If you, if John Q. Brown's fan finds out tonight that the Cleveland Browns are going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home on Saturday, October thirteenth, or Sunday, October thirteenth, I have no idea if that's a Sunday or not. I don't know, but mid October, where you know it's either going to be still seventy five degrees, or at worst about fifty five. That changes. <laughs> that changes if, if they're going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on. Sunday, January 1st. I think I might want to go. You know, whatever. If they're if they're going to play the whoever, if the weather's nice or wherever that slots in, yeah, I think it does have to do with ticket sales to a certain extent where I mean, that the Browns in all of their social media posts today said NFL schedule release tonight 8 o'clock NFL Network. For ticket info, click here. I mean, they're not dumb. Right. Sure. Absolutely. They're, they're making money today too. And ticket, tickets go on sale tonight. There's a reason for that. I don't know when it became a thing or how it became a thing or necessarily why it became a thing, but it is, and it ain't going anywhere for a while. You know Having said that, I won't be watching. You know what's somewhat messed up is that like last week, Ohio State announced they're going to play Boston College in 15 years. And they're not going to announce a kickoff time for that until about seven days before. <laughs> about eight days before kickoff. We've known who everybody in the NFL is going to play all for months. And they're going to tell us, months in advance when they're going to play what time they're going to play what network they're going to play on college football can't get out of their own way 15 years in advance we'll tell you high state's going to boston college when are you going to find out when they kick off on september 9th 2037 yeah. right before you gas up the car to make the trip oh well we'll be all electric <laughs> by then. fair point fair point we got to get to another don jiggy's jeweler timeout when we come back i don't know if you watched it or not last night but it turns out the gold state warriors maybe not so good sometimes Join us for that conversation after this. Don Jenkins, Jeweler Timeout. I'm John Cook. He's Garrett Seawright. We're cooking the monster on Lima Sports Radio, 93 One The Fan. So I've gone out of my way on these very airwaves to talk about how much I've enjoyed the NBA playoffs, particularly this year, and how much I feel like they almost always deliver. They've been a spectacular product. The games have been exciting. Had a little NCAA feel to it with the unpredictability of things. And the unpredictability was certainly on display last night. But I went, got through the first game. Now, admittedly, did not get to watch a lot of the first game. Decided to go ahead and mow the yard, even though it probably didn't need mowed again. But got maybe some rain coming this week. I'm going to be under the knife middle of next week. So I'm probably not going to mow for a couple of weeks after that. So went ahead and mowed and got some things done. And the Bucks and the Celtics game last night, this is the second time in a five-game series that I feel like the Boston Celtics have to look at that game and say, you always have to give your opponent some credit, but this is about what we didn't do 
as much as it is about what they did do. They lose 110-107. They had a 105-99 lead with under two minutes on the clock. And the Bucks, I think, split a pair of free throws. Two different Celtics touched the rebound on a missed free throw before Bobby Portis gets it, puts it in and gets fouled. I, the way that they found to lose and then what Drew Holiday did defensively at the end of the game, if you missed it, Drew Holiday had a block shot and a steal on, on consecutive possessions at the end of the game with the Celtics having a chance to still find a way to win or tie. And uh, the Bucks take a 3-2 lead, but the other night they lost, the Celtics being they, when they missed two wide-open threes with a four-point lead and under two minutes on the clock. Two wide open. I just got to get one of the two to go. It's on the same possession. And then what they did last night. They just, in my, by my way of thinking, and again, Giannis got 40 and 11. So when a guy does that, you got to give him a lot of credit. But his 40 and 11 still had them in a spot where they were going to lose. Until? Until the Celtics basically gave the game back to him. And then the Warriors lost by 39. Trailed by 55 at one point in the fourth quarter. Garrett. The Grizzlies averaged 39.67 points per quarter through three quarters. The Celtics had a total of 39 in the second and third together. They lost by 39 and won the fourth by 13. <laughs> All of you coaches out there that take heat from your school board members and your, about this bad <laughs> loss or that bad loss, just tell, them. just tell them to leave you alone. Sometimes it happens, but the question that Garrett and I have is, is Mike... Brown in danger of being fired by Sacramento before he's had his introductory press conference? I think it's worth asking that question. How do you hire that dude? <laughs> <laughs> Got to get to another Don Jiggy's Dueler timeout right here on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. And hour number two straight ahead here on Cookie and the Monster. Thank you for joining us, however you're doing so, on your radio at 93.1thefan.com or on the free 93.1 The Fan app. We appreciate you making time for us. It's hour number two. That means we get a quick reset on our VonsJewelry.com Twitter poll question. Yes, sir. Four questions up at 931 on Twitter that we want you to vote in. Got till 545. The first question, do you care at all about the NFL schedule released tonight? 61% say no. I'm going to guess like 25% of them are lying. If you don't care at all, that means you're not going to – notification pops up on your phone. Brown schedule released. You're not going to open it. Come on now. Don't lie to me. Also – I'm in that 61%, so I don't care at all. I mean, the Steelers schedule pops up on your phone you're not going to look at? Probably not. I'll check it out in the morning. All right. Okay. Uh, which day would you rather your favorite NFL team play, on, play this year? Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day? 81% say Thanksgiving Day. I don't know about that. See, I, I, I said, one, it's Christmas Day is not a short turnaround. It's Sunday. Like, you, you're play, right. playing on Sunday, play, yep. playing on Sunday. And then also, I, I just don't, I don't do anything on Christmas Day. Thanksgiving Day, it used to be like, all right, we've got to go here for lunch, got to go here for dinner. All right, everybody, did somebody get the paper yesterday? we got to look through the ads and cut out where we want to go tomorrow at 4 o'clock in the morning. Meanwhile, I'm just like, hey, would you shut up? The Ravens are playing the Steelers or whatever. Like, Christmas Day, it's just, I pretty much don't want to talk to anybody that I'm with. So, like, oh, perfect. I, and i got to be honest, like, football. for me, Thanksgiving, I'm going to, eat myself into a borderline coma right. and sleep through large chunks of whatever game is on. I'd prefer it not be the team that I'm interested in watching and rooting for because I'm going to miss a lot of it. Christmas, it's not going to happen often. and I, Yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, I, just, I think maybe Christmas. I don't do anything on Christmas. 
We go to my in-laws. After being up there for about an hour and a half, I start texting my wife, who's in the same room as me, can we leave? She <laughs> says no. We, we, I do it again in about an hour. So Christmas, I'm just like, okay. Yeah, please give me a reason to... No, I, I don't know. I, I, I got an idea, a feeling that, you know, hey, jump up, open the gifts, let's have a good time, right. get a little food in us, and yeah, let's watch a little football. That's how I'm. I mean, I, I love the NBA schedule on Christmas Day, but I but I'm that's like grazing at sort of a semi-buffet line. Like, I don't watch a whole right. game. all five games. I don't watch all of one of them, like probably. 10 o'clock, you're watching. And the other thing is, on Christmas, like, it's hard to get consensus on Christmas about what you're going to watch. Most people in a family are going to say, sure, let's watch football. Most you get a consensus pretty easy. I think Christmas. I think them people are wrong. I I just I, on Thanksgiving. I want my focus to be on food because the whole <laughs> reason the holiday exists yes. is so I can gorge myself to bloatation. Yep. All right. Because <laughs> Christmas, everybody's worried about presents and decorate. Nobody's worried about Thanksgiving decorations. You're worried about deviled freaking eggs, man. Amen to that. And so I got priorities on Thanksgiving, Christmas. I need something to... Besides that, I'm a traditionalist. If you tell me Thanksgiving Day football, if the Lions aren't on, I'm not going to know what to do. Uh, apparently, the Lions are playing the Bills on Thanksgiving Day, according to schedule leaks. Well, I don't want my team up against that. That's that's a that's must-see TV-zy right there. Well, so I, I, somebody on Twitter was like, you know, hey, the NFL... The NFL says that the Lions playing the early game on Thanksgiving is a time-honored tradition, and sometimes or sometimes it's important to keep those time-honored traditions. Also, you're going to play the team that's favored to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, very important question, John. If you have a full beard, do you have a mustache? The answer is yes. I okay. was driving in here. Although, i got to say this. i got three words for you. C. Everett Coop. See, that's not a full beard, though. That's, that's some sort of Amish beard. Or um, a neck beard. That's not a full beard. Full beard. I, I, I agree. Mustache. I am in agreement. But the people who are going to argue with us are going to point to pictures of C. Everett Koop. And, I, I, and if you a zillion other Amish dudes. Hop on the Google machine and type in full beard. You will not find a picture with somebody that ain't got no mustache. I'm going to do it right now. It will exclusively dudes with mustaches. Because if you got a full beard... You got a mustache. You know, the funny thing about saying you're going to do something right now is the computer in here is a little slow, and so right yeah. right now it tends to stretch out. Look at all those images. Everybody's got hair on their lip. Every single guy. Because that's what a full beard is. So Google Google has cast a very strong vote. I'm I'm. That's what a full beard is. If you have a full beard, you have a mustache. Google makes it very clear. I'm glad I'm glad we're on the same page with Google over there. And also, finally, should the winner of the Kentucky Derby always run in the Preakness? Yes. 80% say yes. 80. Because What's the matter with the rest of it? Rich Strike, the winner of the Kentucky Derby, the second to longest odds ever to win the Kentucky Derby, is not going to run in the Preakness. It's going to skip the Preakness and go straight to the Belmont. Yeah, I heard that earlier today, too, before I had to start suspending people. I, You, you and I said this off air, so let's just, I guess, bring the listeners in. To me, I, I don't own horses, and I don't know, so I'm I'm just trusting that there's a, a reason behind it, and they say they had a plan, and, and I always admire people who have principles and a plan and stick to their you know their values, but if, if, if you won the Kentucky Derby, and then you don't run the Preakness, and you win the Belmont, uh, you've got to be like saying, well, what, why'd we do that? Because now we don't know right. what we could have done. And then they're not, he's not, the guy, then Rich Strike's not going to win 
the Triple Crown. But Rich Strike was not going to win the Kentucky Derby either. Until, and, uh, until by the he way, did. he did. Right, until he did. Why, why are you just forfeiting the the possibility? Now, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't you're, get it. You're I flat out punting on immortality. Yep. Oh, whoa, whoa. I found one image. Yeah, it's bullcrap. One image, like, like 11 rows down right next to a picture of Paul Rudd. It probably says, this is not a full beard. It says full beard right underneath it. Well, that ain't right. US.cryoland.com. That's, I don't know who this dude is, but he doesn't have any hair on his upper lip. Well, he ain't got a full beard, Dan. He's the only guy. I just sorry. I, why why are you punting on immortality? I I nobody's going to give me an answer to that question. That makes sense. I don't care. Now, th- believe me, I I have I've said this in my head. I haven't said it out loud, but I have dealt with how bad of a person this makes me sound. <laughs> it's okay. You're comfortable now, right? Is is it best for the horse to skip the preakness? Yes. I'm not watching the rest of Rich Strike's life. I'm watching horse racing in the next month. I am admiring the rest of Rich Strike's life, though, to be well, honest with you. At some true. point, Rich Strike is going to have the dream job. Right. But <laughs> he would get to do it more yes. if he went to the Preakness and won. That's, yeah. a, that's a certifiable fact. Yep. So did anybody ask him? Anybody say, what do you think, Richie? You, you want to go to the Preakness? What do you think, boy? Because, because yeah, I just I, I my fear if you are going to skip the Preakness and go to the Belmont, and you win the Belmont somehow, some way, undoubtedly you spend the rest of your life going what what might have been, what could have what could have happened. I would. You're just going to skip it. Are you going to skip it, the middle one? I, I would imagine you've heard some sound on it today. I've not. So if if it was a prepared statement was. Rich Those strikes, so lovely. Rich strikes owner. Now I can pull up the, um, I can pull up the statement. I believe, but basically he just, I mean, he, they, they played the master plan card, kind of. Yeah, that essentially, hey, we said that um, if we ran in the Derby, we weren't going to run in the Preakness, right? And I understand coming into the month of May with, if we run in the Derby, we're not going to run in the Preakness. You probably didn't prepare for if we win the Derby. So the statement from Rick Dawson, owner of Rich Strike, our original plan for Rich Strike was contingent on the Kentucky Derby. Should we not run in the Derby, we would point toward the Preakness. Should we run in the Derby, subject to the race outcome and condition of our horse, we would give him recovery time and rest and run in the Belmont or another race and stay on course to run with five or six weeks rest between races. Obviously, with our tremendous effort in winning the Derby, it's very, very tempting to alter our course and run in the Preakness at Pimlico, which would be a great honor for all our group. However, after much discussion and consideration with my trainer, Eric Reed, and a few others, we are going to stay with our plan for what's best for Richie is what's best for our group and pass on running in the Preakness and point toward the Belmont in approximately five weeks. We thank the wonderful Preakness and Pimlico folks that have reached out to us and very appreciate the invite. We wish you all a good race. That means... They got word that he wasn't going to run the Preakness, and they said, we'll give you an extra million bucks if he does. Or NBC said, hey, we would really love to have that horse in the Preakness. I was listening to everything you just read, and at some point I couldn't take it all in because I got, I got, I really bumped on a, on a statement that he made that their original plan was to contingent upon the Derby. If we don't run it, then, then we run the Preakness. If we do run it, depending on the outcome of the race and the condition of the horse. So that would mean... That the outcome of the race wasn't strong enough. To, so there has to be a concern about the horse, but you just don't want to tell me that? 
Because the outcome of the race, if that was contingent on whether or not you would run the Preakness, there's only one outcome that would say you have to run the Preakness, and that's winning the race, <laughs> and you did. And that's what happened. So I'm a little concerned about the horse now. I'm thinking maybe it's a health issue, like well, a serious health issue. But if it's a serious health issue, you're not going to run in the, in the Belmont. Well, they don't want, maybe they just don't want to tell people that yet. Maybe just, they're going to see how much the Belmont people want to float, float their way. Just, I'm, I'm frustrated. If you win the Derby, get your tail to the Preakness. It helps horse. There would have been so many eyeballs on that. Oh, I clicked the wrong button. That's uh, right. There would have period been, hard stop. <laughs> there would have been so many eyes on the Preakness in two weeks if he was there. Mine would have been. Now they won't be. And right. And I, <laughs> I understand you got to do what's best for your horse. And I understand that everything that comes before the word "butt" is BS. But <laughs> get your horse to the to the Preakness. End of discussion. Maybe you'll convince them. Maybe they'll get online, <laughs> te- check out the podcast, and they'll they'll change the course. We got to get to another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout because we got to hustle back for football. Five fifteen Browns conversation after this on Lima Sports Radio, ninety three one The Fan. Let's get to a little football. Five fifteen and Service Master Richard Service welcomes you to football at five fifteen. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win that makes a difference. And that's why at Service Master, they don't cut corners. They clean them. Cleveland Browns going to take on the Houston Texans in the 2022 NFL season. And yesterday, or maybe or not yesterday, earlier in the week, we had talked, John, that there, there's a, a, probably a pretty strong chance that that's an end-of-the-season game where if Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended, you know, he will, be, he will not be suspended for the game that they play in Houston. Thinking about it some more, does the NFL just kind of get that one done and over with early, out of the way, pair it with another big 1 o'clock game so the focus isn't on Deshaun Watson and, the, and, and what has or hasn't happened so well, far? Fortunately, we get to find out tonight. We do. But I, I'm, I'm not at all sure how the NFL is going to look at that thing there. I, I would almost I would almost think if you're the NFL, you, th- you throw that thing as early in the season as possible and hope that the suspension's in place, and it leaves very little to talk about in, in terms of that, that game and that matchup with him going back to you know take on his former team and whatnot. We won't know what either of those teams is, although we got a pretty good idea what the Texans are before the yeah. season starts. Yeah. Early, you're, you're not going to know. Early, you, the, the Browns are likely not going to be the Browns because they're not going to have Watson. I would almost expect the league to try to get that thing up there as early as possible and get it over with. See, that's my kind of thought process on it is just, hey, we don't want, we don't want eyeballs on this. We don't want, we don't want folks focusing on this for a few days of pointing out, hey, can't help but notice that you're you're taking Deshaun Watson back to Cleveland where remember that time he uh, was accused of sexually assaulting 22 women you don't you don't want that well you don't but and I don't know how the scheduling process works I don't know how many people weigh in I don't know what the, it's a the scheduling seven, seven member group that they Yeah but do. that's like three people write the state of the union 650 <laughs> people contribute to the state of well, the union but I don't know how many people weigh in. Here's what I do know that you have to at least consider as a possibility. If you're the NFL, if you're the NFL, and there's even a remote chance that Davis Mills is like the real deal, the real deal, 
and you think, hey, in seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven weeks, Davis Mills turns out to be the real deal. Watson is back playing good football. We got two good teams. We got an exciting story where we can focus on something besides the other stuff. We can focus on Watson and who he is and this guy that's replaced him that's out, you know, exceeding expectations and got his team in a much better place than was expected. Somebody in the room's got to be saying, if that's possible, maybe we move this thing a little later and make it one of those primetime deals. I just, I can't imagine... The NFL wanting the wanting any extra eyeballs because at that like there really hasn't been a whole lot of national put pushback. I mean, there's been some, but you don't want that to be the focus of your week, do you? Things are going to come up that are going to be bad PR for the NFL already. Stuff is just going to happen over the course of eighteen weeks. Well, yeah, but you're not purposely adding one in, are you? No, I wouldn't think. But playing devil's advocate, there's also going to be somebody in that room that says, "Look, whenever this game is on the schedule, that's going to be the the, the thing that's possible, and and we're going to deal with things that come up. We're going to deal. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be a storyline. Yeah. What What's the downside of putting in a spot where we can flex it if we choose to? I just I don't I don't I don't think you want to. <laughs> I'm just, playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I just I agree with you for the I, most part. I think somebody in that room just has to like, damn it! I cannot sit in here and and let us purposely put ourselves in this situation. This is a week three game on Sunday at one o'clock, and we need to put the Bengals versus Chiefs also <laughs> on <laughs> Sunday at one o'clock. I know that should be a Sunday night or Monday night or Thursday night. We need to do a big game also. At 1 o'clock to where we've got the smallest portion of the country getting this game on CBS where... What if you play it in one of those slots when it's only on Amazon Prime? I mean, I, I don't... I, I, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it might be. I don't think those Amazon Prime games are going to go great. But that's just and this would be like this would be a perfect test case. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Because if you're the NFL and you're really twisted, you might think... There's going to be some guttural reaction to this matchup. If we throw it over there and it draws crazy viewers, that's a win for everybody. Like we tried to hide it, it just didn't work. (laughs) Amazon's happy. Amazon's thrilled about it. When's the last time anybody at Amazon was sad? That's a great question. Just just throwing that out there for consideration. More likely primetime or Sunday at 1. I think you're right, Sunday at 1. I think it's more likely Sunday at 1. As early in the season as possible. I think. We're going to have a visit with UNOH baseball coach Corey Hartman in our next segment. We've got to get to a Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. If you have not been paying attention, where have you been? Racers baseball is on a bit of a roll. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be heading to the national tournament. So we're going to visit with Corey Hartman and uh, chat up the Racers head coach about their season. I want to know how they got 49 games in in the freaking meteorological <laughs> disaster that's been the spring here in Ohio, understanding that there's going to be some really good answers to that. But I hope you'll stick around for that conversation. Corey Hartman joins us on the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Back here inside the basement doctor studio, John Cook and Garrett Seawright with you on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. We are Cookie and the Monster. We appreciate you joining us. And we are going to go to the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline where we're going to bring in University of Northwestern Ohio head baseball coach Corey Hartman to talk about 
well, not only the season, but what's ahead for the racers as they get prepared for the IA National Tournament. Coach Hartman, uh, I want to congratulate you on a really good year again. It feels like that's happening all the time. But the qu- first question I have for you is, I can't believe you've been the head baseball coach at UNH for 12 years. Does that feel possible to you? <laughs> well, first of all, I appreciate you having me on. Um, it's gone by quick, to be honest with you. I can still remember when uh, the search committee from UNOH invited me up for an interview uh, 12 years ago. And um, it's kind of a funny story, but I remember walking out. Actually, I drove up the night before and, and kind of toured campus in Lima. And I, I, I remember my time spent in Lima when I played for the Locos uh, back in two, early 2000, late 1998 to 2001, I believe. But um, I remember walking out the door and, and telling my wife at the time that this is something that I really am interested in and would love to have the opportunity to, to start the program and build something from the ground up. And that's exactly what we've done here at Lima. Well, you certainly have. And I, I, I think there's a intriguing nature to anything that's built from the ground up but when when you talk about that and you're talking about the evolution of not only a program but a conference i mean i i didn't realize until you guys first got into the 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 whack there were only seven teams i think in the league and yeah we've we've grown quite a bit haven't we yeah the league's grown like crazy and then your your development i i again just checking the records from 2014 i think through now you guys have only finished outside the top three in the league one time during that stretch uh, the consistency, I guess, is the next question I have. Is what what do you attribute a lot your your level of consistency? Excellence is one thing. Consistency is a is a, is a different deal. And you guys have really established something over the last eight nine years that's pretty impressive. Well, again, I appreciate the kind words. I think it it took um, myself and and the staff that I had at that time, you know, two or three years to really kind of understand uh, the player that we were looking for. Uh, you know, the academic piece to it, we are a little bit of a niche at, at Northwestern Ohio. Um, you know, what, who, what kind of players we're looking for? What kind of skill sets are we looking for? What's going to compete in our conference? And it, you know, it, it, it took a little while. We, 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 we missed on a few and we hit some home runs on a couple guys and it allowed us to be competitive early, but not to the level that we're at today. And I think that's just from trial and error and bringing guys in and, and, you know, understanding what they did well and what we needed to add and just kind of just keep putting the pieces to the puzzle together. And, you know, I, I compliment my staff that I have now. And, and Coach Lee has been with me for going on 11 years. And he's kind of been the backbone of the program and understands what it takes to win here and does a great job of, of helping recruit and get guys developed. And and so it's, it's, been, a, uh, it's been a journey. But, um, yeah, it, it took us – you know, three, four years to kind of understand who we were as an identity, as a program, as a university, and then mirror that with, you know, kind of student-athletes you want to bring into the campus and into Lima. You guys had a little bit of a difficult year in, in 2019, and when you back that up with the COVID year that followed and what that was, can you talk a little bit about what it was like in 2021 last year when you're coming off of a, a year in which you struggled, followed by a COVID year? What were the challenges that you guys faced last year? Because I mean, obviously bounced back and had a pretty nice year in 2021, but what was that like? Yeah, coming off the 17 was, was you know, we, we hit all the expectations. We went to the College World Series, um, you know, the year or two years before we were number one seed and we hosted the regional at UNOH. So we had really high expectations and we lost a lot of, of good players, good good young men, uh, both on and off the field. And obviously we, we had one of our worst seasons uh, following the, the, the 17. Um, and, and then in COVID hit, um, it's hard to retain kids when, when there's really not the passion and the excitement of playing college, you know, collegiate sports. 
Um, but we, we steadfast and, and, and got some guys to, to hang in with us. And then we obviously went out and recruit, had plenty of time to recruit and hit the trails hard and found some really good guys and brought them in. And just we, we spent the last year and a half just really trying to build team chemistry. And that locker room, chem, like that cohesiveness that you have in the locker room, I think is so vitally important to, for having a good team become great. And we've spent a lot of time with our guys and just talking about brotherhood and, and this is a journey together and it's not about one person, but it's rather than, you know, it's, it's 35 guys strong. And, and so that in itself, I think has really molded who we are as a program and what we stand for. Corey Hartman, the UNOH baseball coach, joining us on the America First Home Mortgage Hotline as they have made the NAI National Baseball Tournament. And before we chat about that, Corey, you, you, you guys are averaging uh, like eight and a half runs a game. Just just how dangerous are you guys at the plate? Not only um, you kind of you got what four four or five guys who have forty RBIs in just under fifty games, where where you don't have to focus on or you know, hey, this one guy's got got to. to provide for us because you've got several guys who can who can knock them in yeah it's a balanced lineup and, and again i think coach lee has done a great job of getting our guys developed um that's something we kind of hang our hat on but you know it's not only the the you know the nine guys that are hitting us the the four or five guys that we have on the bench are that are as good that are just waiting for an opportunity um but it is certainly nice to roll a ball out there and say hey you know as long as we stay disciplined at the plate you know stay within who we are as our approach um, it's nice to have the confidence that you know our pitchers don't have to go out there and, and throw shutouts. That we're we're going to average you know what it is seven or eight runs a game, um, and it, it kind of gives the confidence to the pitchers knowing that they can they, they can pitch in the zone. And so it's it's been nice. Um, but again, it's it's kind of just a, a comprehensive effort from everybody that's part of this program. You guys are clearly headed into the postseason really on a roll. But how do you size up the regional that you're going to be a part of next week? Well, we're in a tough one. Um, even though we're a two seed, um, we 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 drew the Taylor Regional, and and fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, I think our guys are looking at it from a fortunate standpoint. But we uh, we also pulled the number one seed in the country, Southeastern, who I I know is a really good program, and and Dinkle down there, the coach, does a great job of bringing great players. And uh, so we have a we have a, a great challenge in front of us, um, as I told the team. We're going to have to get through them at some point, and I'd rather do it in the regional and, and then go into the World Series knowing that we can beat one of the best teams in the country. So our guys are excited. I think it's a good challenge that our guys are willing to embrace, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a hard fought, well-played uh, regional that we expect. Corey, how does the how does the uh, regional process work with, you know, Taylor's the number three seed in the regional, but that they, they host the regional? How does how does that, that process work? And, and I guess maybe selfishly, how, how did you guys not get the regional? Well, that's a good question, and I'm not sure I have enough time to explain it. But <laughs> at, at, at the early part of the season, every institution has the opportunity to put in a bid, and there are certain requirements that you have to have gotcha. to put in that bid, um, lights and turf being one of them. So even if we were you know, interested in hosting like we did back in, I think it was 2015, um, we would not have that opportunity this year because we do not have lights. So now you can put a bid in and not get it as well. So, like, you know, Taylor puts a bid in early and they don't play well or they don't perform up to expectations. And obviously when they do the selection for the host sites, Taylor is going to drop out and they'll find somebody else that put a bid in that uh, could be a qualifier. And then obviously every every conference is different. It's one 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 automatic qualifier or some conferences have two, like WHAC, which we play in. 
the regular season champions that get an automatic and then the tournament champions get an automatic. So if you're not an automatic qualifier, then you have to start looking at an at-large, and then that takes into consideration, you know, different polls, the Bochia poll, the national poll, your strength of schedule, and they find a stiff that did not qualify that they give at-large bits to. And those 40-some teams get to go to a regional, and there's 10 sites, and every regional winner will qualify and, and have an opportunity to go play in the College World Series. Well, you've got quite a week ahead of you. You're going to be at Taylor playing the host on Monday the 16th. We wish you nothing but the best luck and hope to keep talking to you if you keep this thing rolling. No, it would be great, wouldn't it? But again, I appreciate you guys having us on and, and wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much, Corey. Corey Hartman, head baseball coach at the University of Northwestern Ohio, joining us on the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline. I'll tell you, Garrett, I, there, there are things around Lima because this is such a sports-crazy area that I would, would say are, are well-kept secrets. I got to think UNOH baseball is maybe near the top of the list. I I don't know that everybody understands just the quality of the program that's been built there. When you consider that the program started in 2011, uh, they were 20 and 28 in the first year of existence, 31 and 23, and then they dipped to 20 and 23 the following year. Starting in 2014, they were 34 and 16, 45 and 15, 40 and 14, 44 and 12, and 43 and 20 through 2018. Now he acknowledged they t- they took a dip. Uh, in in 2019, um, but I mean that 43 and 20, you make the the World Series, and heck, you win a game right in in the World Series. Um, it, it's it's an impressive kind of monster that they built there at UNOH. It's it's impressive. Well, it is, and I, again, I think it's a very very well kept secret. But hopefully, it'll be less so uh, after they get through this week. They do have a remarkable challenge in front of them. I asked you when we were off air who who's the one seed in their regional, and he mentioned it: Southeastern University, 51 and three. That's all. You know, <laughs> That's it. 51 and 3. 51 and 3 heading to Taylor University. So they will take on the host, Taylor, uh, on, on Monday. And we wish the, the racers the best of luck. We've got to get to another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. When we come back, it'll be time to wrap things up and we'll get into our poll results as well as our water cooler conversation. I'm John Cook. He's Garrett Seawright. Cookie and the Monster on Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. And welcome back inside the Basement Doctor Studio for our final segment on this beautiful. Thursday afternoon here on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. We always say always sunny and 70, although it's been more like 75 to 78 inside the right, basement. So doctor's I figured this out yesterday because it was hotter <laughs> than two rats bumping uglies in a wool sock. <laughs> the thermostat upstairs here at Wolf Boom Radio was set to 77 degrees and heat. We are blowing hot air. <laughs> so it, it, was, it was 85 degrees in the studio yesterday and I said enough's enough. So I sat down and read the instruction manual for the thermostat so I could change. Because I, I was the only person here yesterday upstairs, and I'm sweating. Like, this is ridiculous. And so I finally figured it out. Now, I, I wanted to turn it into my own like personal hotel room and just see how low the thermostat would go. But I thought, I probably have to face repercussions for that. So I set it at 71. So hopefully it's a little more comfortable today than it had been the last uh, week and a half or so. But yeah, 77 in heat. When it was 88 degrees outside yesterday. Problem for that setting there. Yeah. We got some poll results from our VonsJewelry.com poll questions. We do. We had four questions up at 931 Fan on Twitter. We asked, do you care at all about the NFL schedule release tonight? 63% say no. Would you rather play on Thanksgiving or Christmas this year, your favorite team? 78% say Thanksgiving Day. Also asked, if you have a full beard, do you also have a mustache? 74% 74% say yes. And our final question, 
Should the winner of the Kentucky Derby always run in the Preakness? 78% say yes. Yes, they should. See, now I looked online at the picture of Corey Hartman as we were doing the interview, and he was he's a full-beard guy. And, I, and when I get good at this radio thing, I'll, I'll file that stuff away, and I'll ask questions at the end of an interview that are entertaining, like, hey, our poll question asks if you have a full beard, do you have a mustache? What's your take? But I, I blew that one, so I'll have to let that one go. Well, I'm glad you didn't, because if he said no, then I would have lost respect <laughs> for him. And, you know, if you got a full beard, you got a mustache. Yes, indeed you do. What do you got for the water cooler today on this Thursday? Uh, so... The NFL schedule released tonight, believe it or not, if you haven't heard. 8 o'clock, 93 Wilbur Fan. There, there is, has become a cottage industry on the old tweet machine of leaking schedule announcements either the day of or day before. Let me interrupt just for a second. When can we create a cottage industry? Just think about that. You can go ahead. I'll, I'll think about what our options I, are. Because yeah. radio thing ain't working. <laughs> uh and there's a guy who who admitted today on Twitter. He said he had 10,000 followers in the course of a week because he was tweeting out games. And today said, congratulations to the, my 10,000th follower. None of these games are real. And I've, got, <laughs> I've gotten hundreds and thousands of tweets and likes and discussion on Twitter over games that I just was bored and was like, hey, the Bears are going to play the Packers on Christmas Day. And it would get retweeted by hundreds of Bears fans and Packers fans. Be like, oh my gosh, this is about to be epic. And he's like, I got no idea. I don't have sources. I don't have, I'm just sitting here in my I got room. A keyboard. Yeah. And he had 10,000 followers. And it just was like, and it eventually I think said something along like, like, if you'll believe this, you know, misinformation, disinformation stuff that's just flat out not true, what else are you believing? Because he's like, I, I'll just tweet, you know, oh, the Dolphins are going to play the Panthers on in week four on Thursday Night Football. And people would retweet it. And then somebody would say, uh, wait, the Dolphins aren't even supposed to play the Panthers this year. Like, oh, wait, no, that, that was my bad. I, got, I read, the, read the text wrong. But he had 10,000 followers from people who were just dying to find out schedule news. And he said, I have been misleading you all. None of this has been true. So, well played. Right, enjoy that productive use of your time, I guess. Well, uh, if, if, but if that's not the quintessential use of Twitter, oh no, it's I, I don't know what is. We, we've gotten away from the best thing I saw on Twitter this week. That might be the best thing we'll see on Twitter this week and any week for quite some. I time. thought the other day that I remember the days of Twitter where it just was like you, you had to really search when somebody would like R.I.P. Jeff Goldblum. Was, which would trend on Twitter, and you're like, wait, did Jeff Goldblum really die? Or no, people are just would just retweet, R.I.P. Jeff Goldblum. Like, is he dead? No. No. And now you got to worry about, you know, if they're trying to overthrow governments or anything like that on the old tweet machine or figure out if the Browns are actually playing the Saints on Christmas Day. There's no way, right? There's no way Browns Saints is Christmas Day. But uh, none, nonetheless, nonetheless. So we've, we've given the Reds a break for a few days. Ah, we could get not, back on them. Not, but they've won they've, five of seven. Five of seven is... So I, I have, a, I have a, most people know, I have a brother who lives in Florida, and he's been telling me over the last couple of days that we've given the Reds a break and we had a day off and didn't have a show. And it's amazing how many text messages I got during the best of show last night. Though. Oh, no, yeah. I got several. Yeah. Didn't, that's good best of. When people think you're... When they think you're live and on the air getting after it, you get those... But, but, but I digress. So my brother has, has gone out of his way to continually state to me over the last few days that the Reds are going to shove it right up my tuchus 
and turn this thing around and, ah! and, and prove me wrong. They're still and, on track, by the way, to have the worst season in Major League Baseball history. And see it's, that, May, it's May 15th. That, that, that's the part that you just can't even point out to people. Like, they've won five out of seven, and if they do this for, like, they win five out of every seven for the next 49 games, then we might have something to talk about. But they are on pace for the worst season in Major League Baseball history. Having said all that, they sit at 7-24, and 24, I think. Something like that. Major League Baseball worst. Right. Still still worst. But 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 their win against the Brew Crew, 14-11. Yeah. When, you, when you're starting to have multiple double-digit run games in the span of about a week, week and a half, it's interesting. But what it also does is cover up what I, the reason why I'm asking or throwing this out there as water cooler conversation. In their 14-11 win, the Milwaukee Brewers' Christian Yelich hit for the cycle against the Reds. And I think... I think that's the second time he's hit for the cycle against the Reds in less than a month. I know for a fact that it is that is his third career cycle. There are only, and again, I've got to kind of glance back and look this up, but there are only, what, four guys maybe in the history of baseball that have hit for the cycle three times? I, I, I think oh, that that's I right. Know. Uh, yeah, I think I saw their names somewhere. I was, I'm certain that I did. Babe Herman was one of them. I, I didn't know Babe Herman was a person. Uh, Bob Musial, Musial, Babe Herman, Adrian Beltre, and Trey Turner. They've all hit for the cycle. I've all times. hit for the cycle three times. Turner is the only other active player in the group, and this is the, the the key here. That's had multiple cycles against the same team. He had his first two against the Rockies. All three of Christian Yelich's cycles have come against the Reds. <laughs> when you go to the water cooler and share that nugget of knowledge, you will seem like you know something. I don't know that there's any value in it whatsoever. But I do like the fact that in this year of all years when the Reds are going to be historically bad, at least I believe they're going to be, and they have been thus far, thus far yeah. to win a game when that happens, at least you kind of get to bury the lead a little bit. But two cycles against a team in about a month and three cycles against them in your career, and those are your three cycles for your career. I don't know. There's just something kind of cool about that. I did see earlier in the week, uh, I think it was Monday, that going into Monday, that the Reds would need to their their pitchers as a whole would need to pitch 80 scoreless innings to not have the worst collective ERA in a game. And, and they gave up 11 runs yesterday and won. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I don't know what that number is now, but whew, I bet it ain't good. 80 consecutive scoreless innings. <laughs> to not be worst. <laughs> to not be worst. <laughs> to not be worst. I saw a stat like that once on how many three-pointers in a row Steph Curry would have to miss to have a career oh, three-point percentage disgusting. lower than Ray Allen's. I mean, it's an, an, a phenomenal number that he'd have to miss in a row just to dip below Ray Allen. We need to Google that kind of stuff and have it all prepared before the show starts, but we start stumbling onto Hell, great topics. Yeah. We appreciate you for joining us. It's been kind of a crazy week. Uh, the Guardians have had a much crazier week than we have, but we are going to have a full show tomorrow. We'll be back at 4 o'clock tomorrow. I hope that you join us for that. Thanks for joining us today, and thanks to Corey Hartman, UNOH baseball coach. Good luck to the racers as they prepare for the NAI National Tournament. we got to step aside. Have a great Thursday night, Lima. Cooking the Monster on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan.